Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, some of us booed, some of us wooed, and the rest of us were like, Rosa, 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 right here, Roswell, New Mexico, Season 1, Episode 2. So much for the Afterglow. After show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> I feel like everyone should feel that sing-along vibe, but the concept is what Roswell's doing that's very captivating is taking 90s songs and giving it a very millennial twist, and it's very cool. I like the 90s version. Of course you do. Guess who booed? (laughs) What do you think about this song, George? I felt it vibed really well with the episode and and set it off. Guess which one of us wooed? It and was then, me. And then, of course, I, Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. Uh, here we are today on the Roswell, New Mexico, Season 1, Episode 2, So Much for the Afterglow, After Show, talking all things Roswell, New Mexico. When I say all things, I do mean all things. We will be talking about Rosa. We will be talking about my man, Kyle. Actually, that's Jim's man, That's Kyle. my guy. I mean- Wyatt Long. That whole episode. Then some showdowns. We have Max vs. Wyatt, Max vs. Michael, Max vs. Liz, Max vs. Jenna. Wow. Alex vs. Michael. And our special segment where we are going to pick a planet we would be from if we were from another planet. And of course, some predictions right here. Who knows what's going to happen? I think we do. All right here. And I'm going to start it off. My name is Teron. I will be your amazingly out-of-this-world host. Followed up by, to the left of me, Jim. Uh, my The other amazingly out of this world. We'll, we'll figure out what world I'm on. Definitely on. alien vibes. <laughs> and to his left. Hey, it's George Corey, and I'm still Team Max. Team Max all the way. No matter what. Well, Max might be a murderer, but we don't know. Let's talk about the overall thoughts you had on this episode two, Roswell, New Mexico. Start with George. My overall thoughts are that the cookie crumbled a bit too much in this episode, and I am completely shattered. Wow. Wow. Uh, I liked it better than a pilot. I thought there was more spice to it. There's more drama, more hookup stuff. I liked it more. I thought it was a lot better than the pilot was. I feel like a lot of people are going to agree with you, Jim, that it was better than the pilot. But, of course, that's what a pilot is. It's supposed to set you up so you have an affinity towards the characters, which I felt we had built from the first episode to now, where we feel more. We wanted to know more. I will say this. I enjoyed the episode a lot. But what I didn't like was how it ended 14 times. There were literally... (laughs) Four places where it could have ended, and that would have been enough for the show. So there was this one where Liz basically confronts Matt Max lies. Boom. That should have been the ending. And then we see this uh, contrast between Max and Jenna and Alex and Michael. Boom. That should have been where it ended. And then we see it's just it kept, it kept ending. But to me, that's what this show does best. You get the parallel stories. You think things are going one way. And they abruptly change. And I don't that's know if it what does keeps it, me engaged. I don't know if it does it very well. I don't know if it does it best. Uh, Jim. Listen, the show ends every week 
on a makeout session or a hookup, usually between Michael and sure. Alex, right? I mean, well, we are, after all, the best teen girl fans on the planet, and that's yeah. why we love this show. But the concept is, it is for that demographic. My whole, my whole problem with anything is the fact that I don't feel like it holds up any one single storyline well enough for it to add multiple layers. Not at this point. I would rather it take on one angle because we don't get enough. We it's it's the it's the porridge where this one's too hot and this one's too cold. We never get just right. And we don't get enough more of that alien vibe. All of a sudden Master Sergeant Mains just disappears in a way. Yeah. We get a tad bit of him. We don't get enough background in, of of Alex and Alex and Michael. We Jenna and Max came out of nowhere and it's just a lot of storylines that seem to go into space themselves. But beyond the storm, okay, what we see is Alex and Michael holding up, and we see everyone else breaking apart. At the end of the episode. I mean, literally, they're just like, they're, oh, it's the five minutes to wrap up the show. Sure, Alex and, and Michael, we'll, go. We're going to get right. into all those particular yeah. storylines. Let's, let's go straight into the Rosa storyline because yeah. that was the one that was the most pertinent. The Rosa storyline was, of course, we know that Rosa was involved in an accident that basically some people see as murder because of her reckless behavior in which two other people of this small town died. And people blame Rosa and her family, which is the basis of a lot of the racist attacks. We learn a lot about Rosa on this episode. We learn, for example, that Rosa uh, basically took her truth with her. And, and Liz is... Run away because of this fact. That's how she feels. We know that the ten year anniversary is coming up, and and the show is basically in real time. If you notice, she died June seventh, two thousand eight, which was on the headstone. And so this is fast forward ten years to June seventh, two thousand eighteen. That's where the time frame is. So it's a good thing. And, and George, you actually had a very interesting perception uh, regarding the timeline. Yes. So we've seen now two social media references: Instagram, Facebook. Yet we don't see any mobile devices being used for the communication amongst the characters. Now, it does set this old town tone, so it's somewhat fitting. However, after a while, now that the references are there, let's see you text each other. Let's see you actually meet up through modern technology instead of saying, hey, I'll meet you here at midnight. They have no connection. Maybe there's no reception in New Mexico. I mean, that, that makes sense. Sometimes you can't even get a reception in LA in certain areas. So maybe just New Mexico doesn't have a good reception. That would be maybe. a good underlying reason, Jim. Yeah. Well, that would justify We're going to find out. But that was a great, that was a great perceptive view mm -hmm. that we talked about a little while we were watching the show. I don't know if anyone at home has, has mm -hmm. noticed such a thing. But we did learn a lot of things because... Rosa had this habit of writing notes on her hand and that uh, lyrics and things of that nature. And we saw the the lyric, a fraudulent Zodiac, which was from God of Wine, which is the Third Eye Blind reference. And we even started mm -hmm. off a th Third Eye Blind cover song of How's It Gonna Be. She wrote that on her hand the night she died. And they, they talked about that memory a lot. And we learned a lot about Liz's memories with Rosa. Now, we saw a glimpse of that memory with Max when he put his hand on Liz in the church. He pulled off fast, so it was almost like he wanted to share the complete memory with her and then all of a sudden pulled back. Luckily, Liz kind of went with it and didn't ask for more then. And it leaves me really wondering what was going on in that moment. 
Jim. Listen, I'm tired of this Rosa storyline. I just am. It's like, it's the basis now of the show. It's like the main thing about the show. Like you said, the alien things, it's just like everything's revolving around a character that's dead and that we're not going to get any sort of thing from. You know, it's it's like talking about a mystical myth, myth figure that's not going to show up unless she comes somehow to life. But it's just too much focus on Rosa. Like everything. And not enough this... focus on the alien right, mystery. Totally. Which is something I'm way more on board with. I agree with Jim where I feel like the Rosa storyline is I understand why they're trying to make it interesting, but it's really not that compelling to me. No. Because in my heart, I believe Max is a good person. I feel Max is good vibes. Uh, Team Max, as George would say. Yes, and here's why it is compelling to me. Because Rosa's death is what's going to eventually lead the investigation for the aliens. She's a connecting factor. This is going to be very telling of how it happened. And then, as you saw in the very end of the episode, with Liz saying, even if it's Max Evans... It's hinting towards that. It's not even a hint. She said it in front of Kyle. And so Kyle has now been privy to the knowledge that Max Evans allegedly is an alien. So that's that's a whole topic of discussion because that was a very dangerous point. But with the whole Rosa story, finding out about Rosa's memories and, and how Liz connects to her and then goes right into this mystery, I actually... Think that it's they're overdoing the list the Rosa story. I, I think that I get it. We agree that Liz should stay, but we we like Liz and don't like her being so secretive and and snoopy and yeah, just too much. It's like it's overbearing to a point where it's just a stepping stone and to show where it's going. If we're talking about seasons ahead potentially, but. Like this is a good, not going to be significant down the line. Maybe in episode eight, nine. I don't think. I think it's going to be significant, significant but, but not, not. Yeah, it's a force. It's not going to be the crux or, or the like the the show. What the show is based on, you know. I, I think it's like almost an accessory that they're overusing uh, to, to just move the shows. Uh, it's a crutch. It's yeah, definitely it's a, crutch. a crutch, and it's a crutch because the alien storyline. If they had not revealed to the Master Sergeant, the alien storyline, if any of that hadn't come out, and that came out maybe episode four or five, because as a result of the Rosa investigation, I would be on board. But it's already there. So let's find out. Let's let's chase them on their own and not because of this storyline. It's a thread that looks like it's just gonna unravel into nothing. Yeah. What of the what what of the Rosa memories did you guys find the most interesting? I I really enjoyed the dancing scene in the restaurant where Max behind him he saw Liz and Rosa dancing together. It showed a camaraderie between the sisters that we didn't know yet. We knew that Liz was very frustrated with her sister, but now it was revealed that they did have a connection and that there were good memories. Thus giving Rosa more of a, sorry, giving Liz more of a reason to stay to reconnect with rosa i thought it was pointless i mean they're just dropping food whoever is getting served is not getting their food so uh they're dropping food they're just dancing or doing whatever i couldn't even tell which one was rosa which one was liz honestly between the two i don't know there's nothing that stands out to me about rosa that like a memory or clue it just i could care less we found out less about rosa than we did about more about liz i guess they were trying to give us some some empathy towards Liz, where we we even heard great gems like find a way to forgive her, mm-hmm. or the dad saying she loved you, and then Liz, of course, retorting, "No, Dad, I loved her," which was that basis of she was selfish. Which a lot of resentment goes, unfortunately, to people who pass by those who stay alive, especially when it's something where we feel they're the ones to blame. It's a decision, and then of course 
the the strong one came from don't focus on the science focus on the memories uh a lot of yeah. a lot of gems like that did you think that it was right of max to show liz rosa memories He's he's a sucker. He's a sucker for her. This guy's so gullible for everything. So whatever Liz wants, Max will do like in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. He's just like a pushover. Max did this because it was the right thing to do. Max felt this burden on him. We see it when he's in the station late at night. His partners see it. He's dwelling over the fact that he's carrying a guilt. And he felt obliged to share this memory with Liz, and he was just about to do it. That roll of the eyes, Jim. Come on. I, I, I know you don't agree with the, yeah. the Max did this because he's a good guy. I don't believe that either. He did it because he's got a thing for Liz, and he basically, I go with the sucker vibe Yeah, he's just well. a sucker for that. It's not like he's such a great guy, and he's so helpful and all that. He's do Everything he does in the show is like it for Liz. It's tied into her, so... For Liz, because he loves Liz. And even when we see the hookup scene in the end, did you see him look into the car- into the camera away from the sex? He was thinking about Liz. Sure, of course. That's, that's why, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, not to jump ahead, because I want to discuss the autopsy of Rosa. That was the, the shoe dropping on the other foot, right? That's the big one, is the concept of this autopsy where one hand, the autopsy shows barbiturates, blunt force trauma to the head, and postmortem burns to over 80% of her body. That's what is expected in a fiery car crash. On the other autopsy, it shows the handprint on her face, and Kyle basically turns sister's death was in an accident. I think she was murdered. Oh, and by an alien. Yeah. I was wondering how he knew it was by an alien because there weren't many attacks documented. Because he took a sample of the handprint unbeknownst to Liz oh, last time and had it had it uh had it searched and and investigated and that's what happened. My guy's creative. He, I mean, he's the thinking guy on his feet. I, I like Kyle's today his like what we see from him because there's a side of him that's saying that you showed a good side of him. Basically, like, I'm not going to disclose my patient's thing. So he he kind of went away from that, what he found out um, from the sergeant. But then he's kind of a sucker for this, too. I, I got to admit that he ended up giving her the information. Uh, but there's a side of Kyle that's not that bad of a guy. You see, that's what I mean. He can play both fields. There's a persona there. There's a personality. You could, he rides a fine line, but there's a good side of him. And I thought he came off as the best person on this show today. Well, and let's it, talk a little bit about Kyle since that's where we're definitely headed. But before we get to that, Jim, you have something to tell all the after buzzers at home? Yeah, we just want to thank you guys for making us the ESPN of TV talk, but we need your support to continue the shows, and you guys can support in multiple ways. Uh, if you're going on the on the YouTube channel, please subscribe to us. Help so much. So if you're watching the Roswell Show, click on the subscribe button. It will do wonders. For those of you listening on iTunes, make sure to give us a rating. Subscribe also. And, of course, leave us a comment, always. We like to interact with you. So whenever there's a comment, it gives us something to, to kind of look back and think about or, or interact with you guys. Uh, and, and being just part of AfterBuzz, personally for me, and I know for you guys too, has just meant a lot, uh, even being new to the show. 
and being able to share these views and opinions, talk about Roswell with you guys, and it and thanks to you guys. We do this for you, so thank you for supporting us in what we do, and please keep on helping us out, keeping these shows alive. We appreciate each and every one of you. Remember, this panel isn't just about us. It is about you at home. And if you don't just like this show, we have a variety of after shows for each and every one of you. So make sure to share, subscribe, rate, comment. Love to hear from you. We give shout outs on air. Read each and every single one. If you're on iTunes listening to us on the podcast, boom, give us that five-star rating. And thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Let's jump into Kyle. That's your main man, Jim. That's my guy. So <laughs> That's it's all my you. guy. It's all Call you. Them. Listen, I like what we're seeing from Kyle. Like I said, there's a there's a good side of him. He likes Liz. We, we can see that, too, because he gave her all the information. And Kyle, here's the thing. Kyle came off looking as... Like, he's not hooking up with anyone. Apparently, everyone else is. So all of you who might have been thinking, oh, Kyle's just, like, a bad dude. He's just trying to get with Liz. There's some, like, sensitive, nice guy about him part that I thought we saw. Yeah, is Kyle a bad guy or a good guy? He could be both. And that's what I like. That There's no, he's not, like, cut out, cookie cutter kind of character. He's got substance. He's got layers to him. And I like that about Kyle that we don't know what he is really. And there's a lot to kind of look forward to with him. I mean, Kyle's my guy. I'm keeping it going with him. You see the most with this character. You know what? I'm team Max, but I must say, I agree with Jim. Yeah. Kyle's in this episode is a knight in shining armor. Do we know if he's good or bad? Well, that depends, again, and that's why I think the Rosa's storyline is very important, on how she died. If she died in a faulty way by the alien, Max, then the aliens could be the bad guys and bad girls. What if they harm other people? Then Kyle is in a position to be a savior for the town. However, if the aliens don't end up being so bad and Max actually didn't, we still don't know, didn't murder Rosa or wasn't as involved as we suspect him to be, then maybe Kyle's now turning too much against the aliens, and they well, could general, be. Well, in general, I mean, what about Kyle's character? We see, we see his his appetite for sexuality in the last last episode, where he basically just wants to go to the party, show off, basically to get girls, hook up with Liz just to get girls. We see him, in a way, betray everyone by talking to. Master Sergeant uh, Mains, and we see him give at least take it in, take in what he's being told. And then we also see this other side where somehow his father's connected to to the project as well, right. and we don't know how. His father seems to possibly have been a doctor as well, and he somehow had something to do with what was going on. So what's Kyle going to end up being, and how is he perceived right now? Well, right now, I think it's to be determined, right? Because I, I, that's what I mean with this character having so many different layers. And you see how many things just by you describing how many things he's involved in part of. He is the literally the vital part of the show for me. He He's the guy that turns the wheel in so many ways. Because without him, everyone just kind of has their character that's kind of set and mundane in a way and this is the guy that offers flavor here and so many ways and for those of you thinking that oh my headphones are falling uh, that he's the hookup that's guy that's what and people stuff. are thinking right now but oh, my headphones are falling yeah Listen, he, everyone else was hooking up today, and if Liz, Liz is like playing the field, let's talk about that too, but Kyle right now doesn't look that bad, he doesn't look like this, you know, 
womanizer, whatever you might want well, to think not, of him. Not just his womanizing yeah. ways. I'm not worried about. I'm just saying his character is being shown to fluctuate. On one hand, totally. he's this extremely loyal person, believes in the Hippocratic Oath, believes in. Uh, privacy and all those things. On the other hand, he goes and basically snitches or at least gets himself involved with things that are outside of the scope. And he doesn't tell Liz the whole truth either. He doesn't tell Liz. I mean, Kyle's still deciding what he wants to be, I guess. You know, Liz comes in now to, to the town, changes things around. So maybe she's changing her, she's changing his mindset in a lot of ways too. So maybe he's doing certain things he wouldn't have done. Maybe he's a little bit of a sucker, not like Max is, but uh, there's ways that Liz, we can see from this episode in the pilot, she's got a lot of power over these guys in a lot of ways. Like everyone seems to want her. Uh, but I think that with my guy Kyle, there's still a lot to be answered. And I think it's open to interpretation what he really is right now. The power, the power is in Kyle's hands. He is going to dictate how everything rolls out. In this episode... Again, I'm going to echo the sentiment. Kyle is actually a stud to me in this episode. He shows passion towards Liz. No, he's not about the hookup this time. He cares for Liz so deeply that he breaks his own oath as a doctor and goes into these files for the care to find out what happened to Liz. Does he do it for Liz or does he do it for his own personal curiosity where he's trying to figure out more? My impression is that it was completely sincere. And he did it for Liz and did it to bring justice for Rosa. Well, he still needs to know these certain things. I think there's definitely both in here. Because he still had a wall up with Maine. It wasn't like he was totally giving up. He He still stood his ground on some things. And I believe he's in a discovery mode right now. And although he has ties to both sides of the coin, I do still see Kyle as a righteous guy in this episode. Well, we know for a fact... We don't know if Kyle's good or bad, but we know for a fact that Wyatt Long seemed to be the bad guy this whole episode. Yeah. Wyatt Long, thoughts? Wyatt Long was painted to be the super bad guy. But then again, in some ways, I was wondering how I would feel if I were in his shoes and my sister died. Would you blame the entire race or I, I, culture of someone? And that part that I don't agree with him with but i do see at least saw his pain similar to rosa's family's pain it reminded me that he's also experiencing the pain however clearly is a villain clearly is a villain and doesn't seem to show any sense of rationality or open-mindedness at all i think the whole town's that way in a a sense it doesn't separate him from everyone else i think when you look at him Versus majority in that town, especially the ones that blame the Rosa, you know, accident thing. I think they kind of think similar. So I think he's just kind of like most of that town who's against. He's a product of his environment. Yeah, he's a product of his environment. So, you know, maybe through through education, he would have changed his way. So we don't necessarily know if he's a bad, bad guy, but he's a misled guy in a lot of ways. I can always present the argument that wrong is wrong, even if everybody's doing it. And right is right, even if no one's doing it. Totally. I mean, that that's a case, too. I, listen, with him, I, I don't think he's going to be a vital part in the show. I, I think today he was used for a reason because of the anniversary and stuff. But I don't know if he's like a villain going forward or a guy that there's much focus going to be on or necessary for. He definitely is a product of his environment and a reflection. Yeah, but do you think he's going to be happening? used? Is he going to be a vital part of this show somehow? I don't see him being a vital part of the show. He attacked uh, Liz's father. And he got as far as he could really go 
it seems like the father was actually, again, healed and taken care of by Max, who's saving people, who's saving people. So I don't see him coming back to do it. What's there left to do? Sure. Here's my thing. With Wyatt, I feel like Wyatt moves the story along along later and is one of the people who goes to the alien conspiracy that's about to break out into this town. Hmm. So Wyatt's going to be one of those leaders that we now have been shown who Wyatt is, especially since his sister is one of the people that were killed in the in the Rosa Arteca incident that happened on uh, uh that happened specifically on June 7th and Another thing we learned a lot about Wyatt is when you said he showed uh, no symptoms of his character, he actually showed no remorse. He showed no remorse for shooting and killing, whether he realizes it or not, killing Liz. Showed no remorse that another person, uh, Gerardo Guerrera, took the blame for this incident and then was deported even though he was cleared. And he, he showed he showed that misogynistic machismo even at the face of of being with Officer Cameron. So here we are seeing a lot of sides of Wyatt just not being a good person overall. He's a bully. and he's not Exactly. He's a bully yeah. in every sense of the way. And yes, he's a victim, but hurt people hurt people. Uh, yes, but he does appear to be a brainwashed bully. It seems as though he's going with the common sentiment of his environment. He doesn't make too many individualistic Moves he always has it, and that's reflected in the crew he carries around him, almost like his goons. He's, an, he's up an, with an idiot him. too. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's not like a smart or clever bully. He's like a dumb bully. He's that just, was my he's just a brute bully. He's yeah. just a brute bully who comes from what seems to be an affluent family, so he's used to that. He is the epitome of what we would consider a white privileged person, but in that manner, in in a very country manner. I, I think. Was, sorry, go ahead. One thing that this think this angle kind of with Wyatt established. I think there's like a three now three separate things that are established. I think you have the locals versus the aliens versus the immigrants. And I think there's like a web of these three kind of mixing for future episodes, something to take a look at these sides that are forming these groups almost in a sense. And we don't know which ones the aliens are going to side with. I think that's the one that's not clear yet. They're kind of in the middle of all this. Wow, you don't think you know which one? You don't think the aliens are going to be on the side of peace and maybe not acceptance? No, maybe not. Because I mean, if anyone needs acceptance, it's them, right? With uh, his decision to shoot the crash down, to do it again, and basically goes after the father. The bully symptom comes out. Then we see. Then we see this whole. Uh, if the Ortecas were worth all this, Mexico would have wanted them. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly this is just a piece of us, right? He's a piece of shit. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, clearly this is not like a character that's got, got any redeeming qualities. Yeah, or he's, yeah, to me, he's the guy that, honestly, he's he's the guy that, that has that feel of the rape the girl behind the dumpster feel. Like, he's that guy. And they and they played him as such. What they did, what they did without realizing it, though, and I see where George's coming from, is they did make him a victim because his sister was killed in this accident. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how, had that not been the case, that's his only redeeming quality. That's his only redeeming quality. We are, and, and we see him lose with the gun shooting after yes. stepping it up to uh, Jenna Cameron, mm-hmm. who's the other deputy. And she's actually, if you if you guys watched, uh, if you if the originals. 
she plays fry. She plays fry. So I hope we touch on Jedi here. I mean, that topic of her being introduced. But I thought it was it was introduced. So where did you guys feel that Jenna fell? Just in general, I like Jenna. I mean, first of all. If you're Max, I mean, you have this chick with working next to you and you're thinking about Liz and worried about Liz. I mean, you, that's that's a girl to go after. And we see an well, established if anything, story. She proved to herself this episode. She's not a chick. Right. She's tough. She's competent. She's uh, oh, totally. smart. And she she's she is a female, but she also she's is the equivalent, if cookie. not better than most of the men on the show. And not only is she attractive. She has a camaraderie with Max. Yes. Why wouldn't he go after her then? That's like, for me, that's like a natural built-in, like, relationship there. They work together. They seem to have something together when you see that hookup later on. For me, this is like a clear choice. Like, you have this girl around constantly. She's cool. She understands you. You guys work together. You seem to have things in common. And, yeah, and I mean, and but like, in that, why in that case, Liz? why, why yeah. isn't... Why going after the chicks he keeps around him, which were his goons yeah. that all ran away when he got caught, right? So those those were chicks. Jenna's not a chick, right? So when we're looking at her, think of her as this individual that has all the prowess. And just because two people find each other attractive doesn't mean they have that attraction. You said natural. Right. There's a natural affinity that Max clearly has with Liz, something that I think is going to be supernatural in its essence. Yes, George. and Jenna comes across as a protector. Let's keep in mind they are officers together, but Max can't necessarily use his superpowers in every situation. And you see that protective vibe that she has for Max. In some ways, if not as equal, she's a stronger being than Max. She holds it together a little more. She's checking up on him. And to Max, that has to be comforting. And I agree with what Jim said about her being the proper choice because she shares all of his strong qualities. And they could actually make each other greater almost. Whereas Liz, we're seen in that dynamic that Max is the protector of Liz, but we could see that Jenna can be the protector of Max. Let's just state it how it is. He's chasing the girl that's less available to him because it seems like Jenna's fairly available to him. Remember, she sure we see that scene where uh, we see the scene where Max goes to Jenna's house yeah. after being rejected by Liz, and this is where we get the Max versus Jenna. It seems like it's Max and Jenna, but I, I felt like there was an averse situation because Jenna wants something and Max doesn't, but Max is portraying that he does specifically because he felt rejected. I still believe that Max has a genuine love for Liz. Of course, I mean, and when there, there should be no doubt of that. He's, he's shown that through and but, through. And he's showing that with Jenna because when you're in love with someone, although you might have someone who could be a good choice, who's attractive, who you have a bond with around, when you love one person, you love that person. And you go to hook up with the other, right? Yeah. Okay. We go to, we did. He hooked up with, and we saw this contrast between what happened between Max and Jenna. Were you guys surprised when they had something and they showed a past relationship? No, not at all. I, I thought I was coming sooner or later, either by this episode or the next one. As soon as they introduced her, like, literally, just like the visual, this is a really tough girl that's working alongside him. She's great looking. Like, there's got to be something there. Jim's going to catch a sexual harassment charge at any job he works at. George. <laughs> Again, what I love about this show with the parallel stories, this was an echo of what we saw with Liz and Kyle in the pilot. We did see some sort of a past bond, some sort of a present attraction, but not necessarily two people choosing each other as the one. So Jenna is Max's Kyle, 
but is in essence the mm. anti-Kyle. In contrast, while the Max and Jenna thing was going on, we also saw Alex and Michael. And Alex and Michael were having a passionate interaction as Max and Jenna were having a passionate interaction. I saw a contrast uh, the way Alex was the, uh, w- the way Michael was the aggressor, Jenna was the aggressor. And except with Alex, it was something where he's like, no, and then he wants it. With Max, it's something he said, yes, but he doesn't. So I felt like that contrast in that scene was an interesting parallel. Alex and Michael, how are we shipping them? Yes or no? Yes. No. I mean, it's just like, what else is there between them besides like making out at the end of the episode and, and kind of going over their past? It's like past flames basically trying to force something. I just don't, I don't find it that that storyline that it's got much growth. I mean, there's still layers to it. They could do things with. I'm just not, I don't find it compelling. They're not doing it enough to like support it, I guess, you know, besides giving us at the end, a makeout scene and just like kind of diminishes what it could be or the depth of it. I feel that with Alex and Michael, my, uh, the fact that Alex keeps trying to remove Michael from this land, which is also a thing because they're trying to build something new mm-hmm. and we got to figure out why. And we get these bits and pieces of Michael. Alex is Michael's redemption because Michael without Alex is kind of a piece of shit too, to be very honest. He's just one of those rebel without a cause. Yeah. And Alex is his cause, whether he knows it or not. And when we have this, we have this, this dichotomy between the two where Alex is resisting resisting Michael and Michael's resisting because they're both lost and yet somehow they find themselves within each other. So past, future, present, we're going to see that this is what they're drawn to. Maybe it's a, a lack of option in this town. I don't know, but I think they also happen to be very, two very good-looking males, so I can understand that attraction. But at the same time, there seems to be a true emotional attachment between the two. I wonder if social acceptance comes into play, if they're both comfortable in their positions to be openly in a relationship with one another, and if that could be part of the reason why we see this pullback. But I see beneath that, and I see this deep bond between them, I see two people who have selected each other consistently now for two episodes, and I think it's going to be the greatest bond we see on the show, and it's going to only grow from here. Do people know they're gay? On the show? Yeah. Like, no, in, I mean, yeah, on the show. <laughs> well, you know, the characters around him. Uh, probably the ones that are close to him. Because I, didn't, I wasn't sure. I, Even the friends. Maybe well, Maria were, knew, And knows? then he was like, oh, I hadn't noticed. He's, he, Alex made that comment where, where he sees it. Maria might be intuitive and feel it just because mm-hmm. she's naturally and so simple. But she made a comment and then he said, oh, I hadn't noticed. As if he was playing off being gay, which I felt would play into the part of being the son of someone who's who, who would come off very easily homophobic or bigoted or whatever he is. Too small of a town. I think their inner circle. And they're definitely... always hiding it. They're yeah. always hiding it. Well, what's not hiding at all is the concept of of the Max versus, versus Michael fight that happens. That's that's like a buildup. What is this aggression they have between each other? That might be something interesting, actually. That's the one thing we have not much evidence of, right? There's always that thing about Michael kind of being on the outside and Isabel being the one to link him up. But there's definitely, I think the one interesting element of these relationships that we're talking about is the Michael and Max, because there's definitely some history there. Something happened. We're not sure what. There's no evidence of it. But I I feel like that could be something to build on that could 
maybe put them against each other, uh, feud them against each other, or maybe draw the line between that good and evil. You know, that's Isabel's role is to be the mediator here on the show. I just feel like she's the one that trying to bring them together might be a point where they're going to take sides and she's going to have to take one of their sides. And I think that's where it's setting up. And I'm wondering why Isabel has to play the mediator. So we're told that the Evans adopted both Isabel and Max and Michael was left behind. So why does Michael have such a big issue with Max and not with Isabel? He seems to be more at ease around her. They seem to have more of a bond. And it probably goes back to them agreeing about being secretive about their identity and prioritizing their alien beings over humanities. I feel it might be because Max tries to make it up to Michael and Isabel is just trying to be herself. And I think that's the difference because when someone's overly nice, it kind of pisses someone off. Right. And Max is everything that Michael wasn't. Yes. And it just shows it's like you chose him over me. Isabel is separated because of her gender. You're looking at someone because of their sex. Oh, okay. But Max versus Michael, that's how it plays. And maybe he felt that Max should have insisted they stay together. As the leader, Max has portrayed himself as the leader, uh, stay together. We'll find out more. We did see a big fight also between Max and Wyatt. Max got into a lot of fights. He punched a lot of people. <laughs> That's what he does. He's the fighter. Yeah, he punched Wyatt and started about to use his power. It looked like he was going to kill him in there. I mean, he it, talked it about it as like if he was the Mortal Kombat that. finish him scene. 100%. And it's interesting that the savior in that situation was bad boy Michael. Well, Can Michael you, wanted to protect their identity, and right, Isabel was like, the one who, who brought it up. Isabel mediated it again. Jim. That's what she does. She's a mediator to stop things from unraveling. I was wondering when she tased him, was she also erasing his memory? She had to, because that, that would be like the story around town next day. Everyone would know their identity and something was up. That would have just been an easy giveaway. I felt like people just didn't think they like anyone would believe believe maybe when there's smoke there's fire right yeah let's get into really really quick let's talk about our uh lasting thoughts on the episode anything that you guys found interesting tidbits yeah the elephant in a room liz is hooking up with everyone and she's got a like significant other back in Colorado or, a Denver, or California. A fiance. Yeah, Denver. In Denver. Yeah, so it's like that she just kind of ran out on. That just like literally skipped over, but like here's Liz who's like has multiple guys that she's kind of messing with and a serious guy back home. Let's talk about that. You know what I mean? Like that's something that needs to be addressed kind of going further like how she's will this guy from back home come back into the equation? Like what's up with all that? George, a tidbit that you thought was interesting? What I thought was really interesting is the fact that Liz believes in aliens. She's seen them, but now no longer believes in God. And I was trying to analyze why. She mentioned it in the church. And to me, my interpretation was that God represents reconciliation and hope with Rosa. And she has a wall against her sister and God and the church being a big part of her family. That's a wall she's put up. And I'm wondering if if in future episodes she will re-accept God into her life. Well, I felt like it was interesting that they drank nail polish remover to get drunk. <laughs> what that was, was that about? I think that's just an alien thing that we're yeah. going to... It was kind of like a little little nod to the to the old show and things like that. Also, I found it interesting that we met... We met... We met um, uh, the, the, the husband, Isabel's husband, 
and he's a lawyer and he's kind of like a just a normal kind of guy with an interesting sex life. Yeah, and, just always getting it yeah. whenever we see Isabel and him. And so he he seems to play a little bit of a moral compass, yes. and we'll see a little more from him. And of course, the poison that's in Max because of his longing for Liz. Ever since he touched her, he feels this poison, and that's the thing. And it it kind of ends, and it should have ended on the almost kiss between the two. Liz invites Max at sunset, and Max shows up. They don't kiss. Liz denies her feelings for Max because she has now found out about the false autopsy and believes that Max is the murderer, and she's decided to investigate them unbeknownst to them. And it came off very conniving and manipulative and deceptive of Liz to me. Hmm. I, like yeah, the- I, I think there's deception with Liz. I think she's the one that's actually kind of a manipulator now on the show after this episode. I like the fact that you said denies her feelings for Max. She right now is doing whatever she has to do to get justice for her sister, but she's in a complicated position because I believe she does have feelings for Max still and was holding back. Well, she denied her feelings and Max lied to her face. Max looked like he was going to tell her the truth and comes off saying, oh, actually, you know, I do like you. I want to kiss you. And she goes, when's the last time you saw Rosa? And he lies and he lies about that. And that's going to be a big point of contention. Let's jump right into our special segment, which is the planet you would be from if you were from a different planet. Jim. I would want to be on Earth in Roswell, New Mexico, part of this whole storyline. Part of a different planet? Jim. Uh, fine. Uh, Mars. I think Mars is kind of like mysterious, far away. We're trying to get there. Hey. Mars. That's going to be next. I think that's going to be a next thing, George. Mars, same selection, but for a different reason. To me, Mars represents hope. We're hopeful that one day we'll be able to live on Mars. We know that there's water there. We hope we could build it. And I hope that Max and Liz figure it all out. Yeah, we're going to hope we live on Mars because we're going to destroy Earth. I'd be on Pluto because let's bring Pluto back as a planet. Why not? Uh, Predictions. Really quick, let's jump into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Our predictions. Okay, George, do you have any great predictions for next week or upcoming weeks? Yes, I do. My prediction is that Kyle is going to stay the good guy. He knows all this information, and I don't think he's going to snitch to Mains. My guy, Kyle. Uh, I actually think that divide, like I talked about, the immigrants, the aliens, the locals, I think this is going to start coming into play, these three kind of different factions going together. And Liz, I think Liz has got some manipulating game in her, and I think we're going to see more of that too come out. I think she's now playing the field. She's going to use Kyle. She's going to use Max. She's going to do whatever she needs to do to get her thing. Well, we saw Isabel and Michael basically go after Liz. And I think that's not the end of this, especially if Liz is trying to investigate them and be secretive and, and, and be very like investigative regarding their lives and be sneaky. They're not going to like that. So they're going to go after her again. I think Kyle's actually going to somehow let things go into mains because he's going to want information. And it's going to be a tit for tat thing. And he's going to want to know more about Max, and he's going to be a part of that. And I also think that clearly Liz isn't going to let this down, but Isabel, Michael, and Liz, uh, some memory, that that whole memory changing her memory thing comes up. So we'll see more. And I don't think Wyatt Long is gone and out for the count. We'll see more of him later down the line. And right now I am... I am shipping the whole Jenna and Max thing, but we'll see what happens. So until next week, guys, where can people find you if you want to be found? At Mr. George Corey. At the Jim Alexander on all social. 
And of course, I am Teron, literally at I am Teron all across the board. You can find me in my bathrobe, hosting a multitude and variety and a slew of other AfterBuzz shows. Make sure to check me out. And until next week, Roswell, next New Mexicoians, we will see you for uh, episode three. I'm sure it's going to be out of this world. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 